0: Welcome to the Beyond Macros Podcast, a show where we teach you about nutrition and the art of working in so that you can get the most out of working out. In today's episode, we dive deep on the topic of stretching. We will discuss why stretching is so hard to commit to and how to hack your motivation to do it, the differences between stretching pre-workout and post-workout, how to identify the best stretches for you, how long to hold stretches, and much, much more. This episode hits home for me because I could barely squat due to atrocious hip and ankle mobility when I first started CrossFit. I always sucked when it came to flexibility, so I never wanted to work on it. But ever since the day I fell face first on the ground when attempting an overhead squat with an unloaded barbell, I've been hellbent on educating myself about how to improve my flexibility and mobility. In today's episode, I interview Steve and Lindsay Sudell, who have helped me tremendously in my mobility quest. Even though I've worked with these two for years, this interview still blew my mind. Steve and Lindsay Sudell are a power couple when it comes to stretching knowledge and keeping CrossFit athletes healthy and mobile. Steve is a physical therapist and co-owns Stretch Lab, an assisted stretching clinic in California, where he developed the stretching protocols that they currently use. Lindsay was originally an occupational therapist who was an early adopter of fascial stretch therapy, also known as FST, and put her own flavor on the modality when she started Simply Stretch LA. Together, Steven Lindsay co-own Prehab to Perform, where they have worked with professional athletes, CrossFit Games athletes, and the everyday CrossFitter to help them unlock their movement potential. Before we start, there was so much gold in my interviews with Stephen Lindsay that didn't make it into this episode. So if you'd like to hear the full interview with each of them, head over to the show notes at beyondmacros.com slash six, that's the number six, to download it now. All right, let's get right into it. We all know stretching is important, but most of us just don't do it. I know I go through phases where I am diligent, but the habit has never stuck in the long term. I usually fall off because I can never tell if it's doing anything. Unless I've seen Stephen Lindsay, I'm not sure if I'm even doing the right stretches. And most days, I'm struggling to just fit my training in. And it seems like I just don't have the time to stretch and do all of my corrective exercises. So I don't stretch. And that's why in today's episode, I will make sure that you will have an action plan to identify the stretches you should be doing how to measure if those stretches are effective, and how to insert stretching into your busy schedule. First, I asked Steve and Lindsay straight up, how important is stretching when it comes to improving mobility?
1: First or second in line. The first being is soft tissue work, okay? okay. Because one of the fastest ways to enhance a stretch is to actually get the, the soft tissues nice and warmed up, get them open, whether that's through foam rolling or using a lacrosse ball or barbell mashing, or if you were actually seeing like a clinician, one thing that we use at prehab is Graston, which is a super effective way to get the tissues nice and warm, break up some of those adhesions that then allows for a much greater stretch when you actually do the stretch. Okay. Um, so it's definitely, you know, if it's not one, it's number two. Um, Because again, lack of mobility means that you cannot get into the positions that you need to get into in order to train at a high level for an extended period of time.
2: Mobility is 100% number one. Mm -hmm. Um, Without mobility, you cannot build strength um, adequately. You're setting yourself up for injury. So I always tell people you have to have mobility before anything else.
0: Sounds like stretching and mobility are pretty darn important. Although they didn't just leave it black and white, Stephen Lindsay also talked a little bit about the different types of people they see and how important stretching is to each.
1: Really, you can classify people into to two main categories, but there's kind of a third off there, but it, it just it, for simplicity we'll just say we have two different types of people. we have stability people and mobility people, um, and then you kind of have a combination of the two but I would say, like your your typical male who you know has been working out for a long period of time, um, who's probably developed a lot of tightness. They're more of a mobility candidate, meaning they could really benefit from the stretching much more so than let's say like a former gymnast who's super flexible, but now they lack the core control and the strength to actually keep them solid throughout those throughout the range of motion that they have. Yeah. Um, So that's why I say that it really kind of depends. With that being said, you know, when we talk about the stretching like before and after, um, I think that pretty much everyone can benefit from dynamic stretching before they work out. And then it's just kind of the extent of how much stretching they need to do post-workout. Because one thing that you want to do, especially if we're talking about someone who's already like hyper-flexible, is we don't necessarily want to encourage hyper-flexibilities or hyper-mobility We still want them to stretch within like, let's say a normal range of motion, but we don't really want them overstretching past that versus the typical like former gym rat type person who's like really tight. Stretching is so important because if they're not stretching properly, then eventually injury will come knocking on their door. You know, especially most people can get away with it for a long period of time until the weight starts to go up. When the weight starts to go up, that's when it truly exposes Um, those mobility issues that just kind of grinds on the joints more, just wears down the soft tissue. Um, So it it does kind of depend on the person. So the the more that you know what type of body type you have will kind of help guide you in which direction you need to go with that. So
0: if you have mobility issues, start taking notes since this is the most important thing you can do to prevent injuries and improve performance. And if you're already flexible, keep your ears open because Stephen Lindsay still will give you advice about where stretching fits into your routine and how often you should do it. Next thing I wanted to explore with Stephen Lindsay is how to assess which stretches you need to be doing. And it turns out this can be difficult to do on your own because if you struggle with a movement like the deadlift, it might not just be tight hamstrings.
1: Well,
2: there's a huge thing as far as like mobility and what your goals are, right? Um, so, you know, in the world of CrossFit, for example, like squatting is a huge thing and sometimes people don't really know what is tight. They just know that they can't get their butt below their knees, you know, so they think that maybe it's, you know, their glutes are really tight and they don't necessarily know the stretches to do for that when actually it could be their ankles that are tight or their calves. So it's the, the movement breakdowns and functional mobility is much more complicated than just like, oh, I need to stretch my hamstrings right? Like mobility is much more complicated, especially related to function.
0: So this is where it helps to get assessed by a professional. A movement-minded physical therapist, chiropractor, or even an FMS certified trainer are all good options if you are not confident in self-diagnosing your tight areas. Steve did have some insight he wanted to share, though, about how to determine what stretches to do before a workout Based on the movements that will be involved,
1: if you know exactly like what muscle groups you are going to work out, well, that's what you should also focus on with the specific stretches um, pre-workout. So, if you are going to do like a lot of deadlifts that day, well, then I, you know, definitely recommend you do you know some sort of like maybe banded hamstring type stretch.
0: As you probably picked up, Steve is hinting that pre-workout stretching looks a little bit different than the static stretching we are used to
1: all stretches are not created equal. What I tell people is that typically when you're talking about before a workout, you want to do uh, dynamic stretching or ballistic stretching to where as an example, you're doing like leg swings, you know, to open up the hips, um, get those moving because you want to have some sort of dynamic stretch, um, before you work out, because just if you look at the overall, like Traditional stretch that people look at, which is a static stretch where they hold it for a long period of time. What you're essentially doing is you're putting that muscle into a state of relaxation, okay, which is not what you want before a workout. You want your muscles to be engaged, active, and ready to, you know, um, generate some power output. So the ballistic stretching is really important. Um, And when I say ballistic stretching, you know, like leg swings, you might just do even just like 10 reps per leg, forwards and backwards, side to side. But what that does is it gets the, the central nervous system prepared for activity, but it also takes the muscles and the joints through the full range of motion um, that you're going to need to have during the workout. So you're lubricating the joints, you're, you're mobilizing the fascia, you're bringing blood flow to the muscles. So you're getting those muscles nice and prepared for activity um, that you should, as you do these stretches, progressively try to get like a little bit more and more range of motion as you do them. Um, So that's your like gold standard for like a pre-workout.
0: This is a relief to hear because 10 to 15 reps of just a few dynamic stretches takes far less time than holding static stretches. With that said, Steve and Lindsay both let me know that static stretches do have an important role and they answered for me the all-important question. How long do I need to hold a stretch to see permanent results?
1: Post-workout is where I do encourage the long-duration static stretching, where you're holding a stretch for anywhere between 90 seconds to two minutes, which is a lot longer than what most people typically think of with stretching. They typically think within the 30 to 60-second range. But the research has shown that it's in order for you to get the full benefit of the stretch, you need to hold for at least that 90 seconds to two minutes, okay? And that's where you can experience the physical permanent change over time um, versus just the, the feel-good sensation that you get in between workouts.
2: I tell people to hold their stretches for two minutes per side just because in order to really get the full benefit of the stretch, you want that muscle group to be completely relaxed. You want it to completely let go. You don't want it still guarding and fighting you like our bodies subconsciously do when you're you know, stretching. Yeah. Um, however, if you're getting ready to work out, You know, if you hold a stretch for two minutes, your body's your your muscles are basically asleep. So are they really going to be ready to fire and run and jump and do all these things? No, like they're going to be clumsy, right? Um, So this is where we recommend more of a dynamic warm up. People holding stretches for like thirty seconds or less. You still want to be holding the stretches, but just not quite as long a duration.
0: Steve also took time to discuss with me the types of stretching that research shows to be effective. At Stretch Labs, they use a partner stretching technique called PNF stretching, or proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation stretching if brevity isn't your thing. This is one of the most effective ways to improve your range of motion with stretching.
1: PNF stretching, um, the simplest way that I like to describe it's called contract relax, okay? And there's different forms of PNF stretching. Um, But PNF stretching itself, if we look at how the body is set up, the first 30 seconds of a stretch, of a static stretch, the muscles are actually resisting you. They're resisting that tension. So what the PNF stretch does is essentially it tricks the muscles into relaxing much faster. What that does is that allows you to get to your true end range much sooner than that initial, like, muscular resistance to the tension, okay? So one of the things that, for example, that we use in Stretch Lab is if we're stretching the hamstrings, okay? So what I would do is I would lift the person's, you know, leg up by their heel. And then once I get to that sticky point, I would then tell the person to push into my hand, okay, activating their hamstrings for about three seconds. And then once they relax, then I can take them usually a few inches further. And I'll repeat that cycle anywhere between three to five times, depending on how the soft tissue is responding. Mm -hmm. If it continues to respond favorably, then we're going to keep going. Once we get to that end range, then then you hold it there for that static stretch.
0: If you have a partner who you can do some PNF stretching with, Steve also outlined how to get the most bang for your buck using PNF stretching.
1: It's been my clinical experience. That, you know, three seconds is fine. You don't need to push down with much force. You just need to turn the muscles on long enough so that they turn off. Many times when people do contract relax, they're super aggressive with it. And you don't need to, you only need to push with about five to 10 pounds of force. That's about it to get that value. And it's one of those things that also goes back to, um, you know, how much time is truly necessary to get the most bang for your buck and, You know, yes, you could hold the PNF stretches for longer, but really there's not much variance from holding the PNF stretch for, you know, three seconds versus 10 seconds, some studies show, um, to get into that full range of motion.
0: Partner stretching, whether it is FST with Lindsay or PNF stretching with a partner, seems to be the superior way to improve range of motion.
1: So the partner stretching is great because the thing about the partner stretching is it allows you to fully relax so that your muscles can let go much faster. When you're stretching yourself, and let's say, again, I love using the hamstring analogy. If you were to put your foot up on the bench and lean into the stretch and try to stretch your hamstrings, well, your body's also kind of dealing with some balance issues. You know, your, your, your body, your, those hamstrings are trying to help you balance at the same time that you're trying to also stretch them. Therefore, they're not going to completely relax the way that you want them to. Versus partner stretching, you literally can just let go and just focus on just the muscles.
0: Since we don't always have the opportunity to stretch with a partner, I wanted to explore with Steve how to maximize the effectiveness of stretching on your own. Funny enough, his answer evolved over time. He used to hate using bands to stretch, And now he believes they are the best tool to maximize the effectiveness of a stretch. He has offered to provide some videos of how he uses bands to improve stretches, which we will include in the show notes for this episode at beyondmacros.com slash six. Now back to the topic. The other thing that always throws me off of my stretching routine is that I can never really tell if it's working.
1: What I will say though, is that um, in this day and age of uh, technology you can utilize it to your advantage so one way that you can um, for example test your ankle mobility whether or not you're making any progress like with your um, ankle dorsiflexion they have uh, really cool free apps out there called an inclinometer that you literally can put on the front of your shin and as you go into that dorsiflex position it'll actually tell you the exact range of motion that you have which is which is super neat now you can't necessarily apply it to every joint but that's just an example yeah another example would be you know even the basic like toe touch um test where you bend over bend down try to touch your toes um you can kind of measure um again try to make it as objective as possible the distance from your fingertips to the ground and if you get your fingertips to the ground well then can you get your palm on the ground um to take a step further, if you were to look at something like your glutes, for example, well, let's say we prescribed or we think that you need to do the pigeon stretch Well, measuring how far you can get your knee, um, as close to the bench as possible and kind of even just measure that because that will translate into things like the squat, um, things like, you know, the deadlift and other movements that, um, They're kind of hard to objectively measure because there's so many joints involved versus just isolating those specific joints. You know, there's certain strategies like that that you can use.
0: Lindsay also reminds us that what we do outside of our workouts and stretching will determine our rate of progress with improving range of motion.
2: So I think there's a a few different components that go into play. Um, You know, if you are a relatively sedentary person... um, obviously sitting can be a huge component of uh, developing tightness and pain relating to that. Um, So if you go to yoga daily, things like that, and you have a desk job, you might notice that you're becoming more limber over time than if you have a desk job and you work out like lifting and squatting and doing cross leg activities and doing yoga, you know, because you're breaking your body down in your workouts, building muscle automatically correlates to, Increase muscle tightness if you don't stretch. Um, So I think, you know, depending on the lifestyle that you have, that really changes.
0: So, I had a natural curiosity to learn the best way to lock in your hard-earned stretching gains. Because who hasn't done a 40-minute ROMWOD on a Thursday only to wake up and discover that you're still not a contortionist? FST, the type of stretching Lindsay practices, produces insane single-session improvements in flexibility. And she shared with us how she helps her clients maintain and improve upon those results in between sessions.
2: If they are sitting at a desk all day, I tell them to get up, you know, every hour and make sure you're stretching and moving around um, just to make sure that they're not getting back into those patterns of, you know, what's causing them pain or limited mobility.
0: In Steve's opinion, there is another secret sauce that will massively improve the efficacy of your stretching routine and lock in those range of motion gains.
1: Right when you develop that new range of motion, it's great to then supplement it with actual functional movement. So after you just did like 20, 30, 40 minutes worth of stretching, to go and do like 15, 20 air squats. It doesn't necessarily have to be weighted But just to move throughout that full range of motion, what it does is it creates a motor pattern that your body now feels comfortable with. Because if you were to just stretch and then not do anything else, that's another big reason why people revert back to their original range of motion because they didn't strengthen within this new range of motion. The body does not feel comfortable moving within that range of motion. Therefore, it puts you back into that that tightness um, at that range of motion. So it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be anything that necessarily requires weight. But I love doing like high rep functional movement, 15, 20 reps, maybe two sets would be good enough to keep you in that position. If you were doing some sort of upper extremity stretching that you're really tight with, if you had access to a barbell, even just doing 15, 20 presses over your head, nice and controlled, um, that'll definitely have... A much signific, much more significant impact on your overall stretch gains.
0: So, the last thing I needed to get out of Stephen Lindsay were their hacks for inserting static stretching into your day. It's so important, but not everybody has time to do a full body routine holding each stretch for 90 seconds to two minutes. So here is some advice about how to sprinkle it into the day.
1: Dynamic stretching are some of the, the best exercise that you can do like throughout the day. Um, You know, let's, let's, so I tell people like first thing in the morning when they wake up, you know, extra stiff. um, I love doing, for example, like, uh, like bootstrappers or windmills or things that basically take you into like a squat position and then mimic like a deadlift position to mobilize your hips, posterior chain, ankles, you know, just do like 10 reps just to get moving What that does is that also kind of puts you in a good position for just activities of daily living. Now, after you've been sitting at the computer all day long, or you've been driving a lot or traveling a lot, static stretches are great. Um, So if you wanted to, like if you're watching TV at home, like after you get home from work, um, even just lying on your stomach and getting into a good cobra position on your elbows will help offset all of that flexion that they were in all day long.
2: The way that I find most effective is during my first session with them, I'll take them through a full body stretch, really define where they're having the tightness and or weakness. Um, and I give them very few little exercises or, and or stretches that I want them to do. Um, most of the time, it'll be two or three stretches, and I'll have them get really good at those, and we'll see what happens. I just find that if I give people, like, too many things, then it's, like, paralysis by over-analysis, and they just don't do anything. So, usually, I try to give people, especially, you know, clients that have desk jobs um, or commute a lot, I try to give them ones that they could easily do either at their desk or, you know, at their car, honestly. Um, Just because it has to be something that's easy. They're not going to be getting crazy looks from coworkers. Um, you know, things like that that just make life a little bit easier. So yeah, I usually give them like two or three stretches that I want them doing every day um, in between sessions, and and that kind of consistency can make a huge difference.
0: We covered a ton of information in my interviews with Stephen Lindsay, and there was some absolute gold that didn't make it into this episode. For some visual guides to stretches mentioned in this episode, and to download the full audio from my conversations with Stephen Lindsay, head over to the show notes at beyond slash six. That's the number six. You can find more written and video resources from both Stephen Lindsay at prehabtoperform.com. You can follow them at prehab to perform, that's prehab the number two perform on Instagram or Simply Stretch LA on Instagram for Lindsay. If you're ever in the Los Angeles area, I highly recommend getting a stretch from Lindsay or one of the Simply Stretch LA practitioners and setting up a movement assessment with Steve. They've helped my mobility out massively and I'm a big believer in their processes. I would also be super grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes for the podcast right now. Don't even hesitate. I personally do it for all of my favorite podcasts because it really does make a difference. And it only takes 90 seconds, I promise. Just pull up the iTunes store, find the Beyond Macros podcast, give it a star rating, and write a few nice or critical words. And if you haven't already, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have some great episodes coming up. And next week, I speak with Beyond Macro's coach, Frank Ixarian, who has been on the road traveling for months and has some great insights about the value of travel and how to take amazing trips without breaking the bank. I personally think travel is an incredibly important piece of the puzzle when it comes to working in, and it can have a huge benefit when it comes to staying stoked about working out. So go subscribe and download that episode when it comes out, and I look forward to seeing you next week.